Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Market Bites. I'm Sam. And I'm Josh. And we're here to break down three of the hottest financial events that happened this week, so you can keep your finger on the pulse. Whether you're on your way to work, at the gym, or wherever and whenever you have the time to get updated. So, are you ready? Let's get into it. This podcast is for information and education purposes only and should not be taken as investment advice, a personal recommendation or an offer of or solicitation to buy or sell any financial instruments. This material has been prepared without taking into account any particular investment objectives or financial situation and has not been prepared in accordance with the legal and regulatory requirements to promote independent research. Past performance is not an indication of future results. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Market Bites. Uh, I'm Josh Gilbert, and today I'm joined by Ben Lader, our global market strategist at eToro, not the usual victim in Sam North. Ben, how are you? Yeah, great. Thanks for having me back. Uh, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Uh, this is just a quick reminder um, to like, share, subscribe. Remember to give us a rating, uh, obviously, on uh, your favorite podcast platforms and in YouTube as well. It's somewhere uh down here um we were just talking before we jumped on then ben we were talking about the three topics for today and we we thought they were sort of the most topical in markets at the moment as usual it is inflation that continues to dominate markets we're also going to have a little chat about mr father christmas as well uh the old santa rally and we're also going to talk a little bit about retail earnings to sort of try and dive into the mind of sort of the consumer uh, in the lead up to what is going to be a very important time for for Christmas. Uh, all of those sound good? Yeah, all big topics. Can't wait. Super. So first of all, let's go with uh, inflation. So um, US inflation, I think, is has been the sort of the key driver of, of sort of markets globally, not just in US, but all over the world over the last few months and years to, to sort of really put it out there. We stalled on U.S. inflation through August and September. Um, markets were looking for another decline in both headline and core inflation yesterday. So firstly, did we get that, Ben? What was the market reaction after we got that reading? And and does the readings that we got give us any insight as to the Fed's next move as well? Yeah, so this is basically a good news story. And, and what we saw yesterday, again is why inflation is the most important number in markets. It drives everything from the interest rate outlook to the recession or soft landing, uh, economic view, all the way through to sort of company earnings. Um, and yesterday in the US, we saw October inflation fall from 3.7% to 3.2%. That was a bigger than expected fall, uh, driven by lower gasoline prices, driven by lower housing costs. Um, and you know this is clearly good news, and we're seeing it globally. You know, inflation in Europe is now below three percent. We had a surprisingly good inflation number out of the UK this morning, which until today has been the sort of global laggard. So this is not just about the US; this is also global. Um, and this means that interest rate cuts are probably going to come sooner than expected. A, or if they're not, at least it means that. If economies slow faster than expected, the sort of insurance policy of uh, interest rate cuts is sort of out there. So the Fed, you know, may want to wait a little bit more um, and get a little bit more comfort and get inflation coming down a little bit more before it, you know, summons up the courage to 
sort of cut interest rates, but we are getting closer. We're getting closer to that, you know, the 2% target. Um, we're getting closer to the Fed getting that comfort. So the market is now pricing that interest rate cuts in the US start on the 1st of May at that meeting, and that we get four cuts uh, for, uh, you know, over the course of next year. And clearly the market likes this. Um, and we saw a sort of prelude, if you like, to next year in some of the, re you know, th this huge reaction from markets yesterday. What led? Solar stocks up nearly 10%. REITs, so real estate investment trusts, um, you know, real estate has the most leverage of any sector in the market. So therefore most sensitive to any thoughts of interest rates coming down. And, and small caps, which have performed very poorly, have got very cheap and are obviously very sensitive to the economy. So if the Fed's going to be cutting interest rates next year, then the market's betting that maybe the economy is going to recover. This may all be a little bit early, but you know this is very much the narrative for next year. At some point next year, we're going to get interest rate cuts, and these are the types of stocks that are going to respond uh, to that outlook. Yeah, and it was a great night on, on Wall Street, as you say, after that sort of report um you know nvidia 10 days in a row now of gains record highs just the broader market sort of doing really well and and you know talking to those rate cuts the market ex market's expecting a f you know almost 50 percent chance we see that rate cut come you know in may now which changed back we we had that rate cut on the horizon um before jerome powell spoke last week he sort of gave that slightly hawkish tone it sort of pushed that back to june but that inflation number has really sort of pushed that rate cut forward again um to may and again which is a, a bit of a shift in narrative to where we sort of probably were a little bit earlier in the year so i think it just shows how markets sort of can change and again it, that talks to the performance that we saw overnight as well and it also goes to show why we say about being so important in terms of staying invested in markets and and time in markets and the reason for for being in markets is often because mr father christmas uh, likes to come around at this time of year as well but the big question is, is has he come early this year? And for those that don't know what I'm talking about, we are talking about the Santa rally. This is the term that has been handed down for the month of December, given it's usually the strongest month for US stocks with an average 1.8% return over the 50-year period. So it's not just a good time for the children. It's also a good time for investors as well. But the big one is, is as I say, has he come early? We have got the S&P 500. It's up 7% month to date. So the big question that we all want to know, Ben, are we still going to see Santa next month? So, yeah. So the Santa rally, as you say, typically refers to this sort of strong market seasonality running into Christmas, um, not only in the US, but it's actually bigger in other markets you know, internationally. Um, typically led by you know Hang Seng, FTSE 250, mid caps. Um, and what drives this typically is investors adding money into the market ahead of you know the year ahead. Uh, why you know hope springs eternal. Markets normally go up. Uh, I have 12 months to make money. Um, you know whatever it is, mark you know that's the driver of markets typically rallying and uh, investors you know front running that sort of January year ahead effect into, you know, in, in into December. Uh, as you say, I think it has come early this year. We've had you know very strong rally uh, at the beginning of November after, you know, a pretty lackluster, um, you know, summer. Um, and the drivers here, I think, are twofold. A, I think it's very fundamental. Uh, this is sort of market vice of very high bond yields and high oil prices, which have depressed markets over the summer has sort of started to ease off a little bit and been a real relief to the market 
And that's come against the backdrop of these very strong U.S. third quarter earnings, which have really signaled the end of the earnings recession in the U.S. And this has been led by tech stocks. Um, but that's only half the story. The other half is this sort of very strong sort of technical setup, you know, like this Santa rally seasonality, like the restart of U.S. share buybacks, which is you know, the biggest buyer of U.S. equities um, after, you know, and, and they're now back in the market buying stock after the end of third quarter earnings season. And the fact that most investors are still too cautious um, and getting a real dose of FOMO here, fear of missing out. You know, institutional cash levels are over 5%, which is pretty pretty close to all-time highs. And equity funds have just seen this sort of drip feed of week-on-week outflows um, for, for months at this point. So those are the ingredients. Santa's definitely come a little bit early, but I do think um, the outlook remains pretty positive for markets. Yeah, good to hear. So we might be we might still be getting a dose of Santa with his bags packed come December as well. Let's let's hope on that anyway. And and you mentioned a little bit about earnings there, Q3 earnings um being pretty strong. So it leads us into our sort of next subject. We're, we're going to talk about sort of retail stocks and we've got some big earnings coming from from those names this week. Earnings growth so far in Q3 been pretty decent around about sort of 4%, I think slightly ahead of market expectations. Um in terms of retail stocks last week, we had the sort of famous singles day in, in sort of China. We had Alibaba and JD.com. They were sort of the names in focus. And then at the end of the month, we have sort of the crazy November sales season with your Black Fridays, your Cyber Mondays all coming through. So it is that sort of sales month in the lead up to, as we said at the start, that, that sort of really busy period of the year for retailers in terms of Christmas when consumers just sort of spend a little bit more freely than they would throughout the year but before we get to that stage this week we have huge earnings from the likes of target walmart um we've also got alibaba who are also reporting this week as well but ben what are we expecting from those names how much do you think those earnings will have an impact on the sort of overall sentiment of those stocks and also what will they tell us about sort of the, the broader consumer as well, because we know that consumers have held up pretty well in 2023. But do you think this will give us any signs of that changing? And, and just broadly, what are we expecting? Yeah. So just to set the scene here, I mean, the consumer is a very, very big deal. Uh, their spending dominates uh, most economies around the world. And as you say, the resilience of the consumer this year is basically the main reason that we're not in recession, whether in the US or the UK or you know wherever you are in the world. And the last two months of the year are the biggest consumer spending you know, months of the year. Um, in the US, uh, the consumers expected to spend nearly a trillion dollars on Christmas, which is a very, very big number. That works out to nearly $900 per family. Um, it's led by online spending. It's led by sort of gift cards, in case you were asking. Uh, and the numbers, we're looking for it to be up something like 3 to 4% versus last year. Uh, that's absolutely a slowdown. But it's still, you know, a pretty decent number. And the drivers of that are that, you know, the jobs market is still adding 150,000 new jobs a month, with inflation having fallen so much. Real wages uh, are now rising, so you know, wages rising more, you know, above inflation, and and these are, you know, big offsets to, you know, the fears of an economic slowdown or the restart of student loans or or, or whatever it, or whatever it is. Um, and as you say, we're going to get a sort of real barometer of that this week with the big retailers reporting. We're right at the back of earnings season, but you know, big retailers this week, Nvidia next week, 
is sort of the last gasp of burning season. Um, and, you know, we're interested in how their Q3 went, but we're, you know, maybe more interested in their outlook for the Christmas season, the amount of inventory they're carrying, you know, what their, what, what their outlook is. Um, and, you know, this is, remember, when retailers basically make most of their profits for the year. So it's absolutely critical. Um, and if they if they make a mess of it, if they carry too much inventory, if they have to discount too much, you know, they can uh, they can put a real dent in that in that earnings story. Uh, we heard from Home Depot yesterday. They were much better than expected. And, and as you said, with Walmart, Target, TJX and a bunch of others, you know, later this week. Um, we saw a bit of prelude to this last weekend with China Singles Day. You know, this is by far the biggest spending event of the year anywhere. Um, you know, two to three times what the U.S. does over the Thanksgiving weekend. You know, something like $140 billion of sales and comes against the backdrop of this sort of struggling Chinese economy. So, again, you know, a real barometer for what's going on there. And the numbers, frankly, were a bit of relief. Um, sales were up, you know, maybe a couple of percent. Um, and we got the latest China retail sales numbers this morning up 7%, which is an acceleration from the last, you know, couple of months. So you could try and poke holes in those, but I think it's a bit of a relief that the Chinese economy is basically stabilizing, you know, at this point. Um, it'll be a bit of relief for, you know, the likes of Alibaba and JD.com, who are the biggest players in singles day, whose stock prices and valuations are massively derated over the last few years. Um, and it'll also, frankly, be a relief for the quite long list of foreign retailers that do a lot of business in China. You know, everybody from you know LVMH through to Nike through to you know Apple, if you want to sort of spread the net uh, a, a little bit wider. But overall, I think it's a you know it's a relatively decent story, whether in China or in the US. The numbers may not be gangbusters, but it's definitely going to be a relief, and we should all care because this is by far the biggest driver of the economy. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it gets bigger as well. We've got just having a look at the calendar retail sales tomorrow as well in the US. So again, adding to sort of that, that sort of pressure in terms of, you know, what the consumer is doing and just overall a, a big sort of read, having a look at just sort of the rest of the calendar for the week. We've got PPI in the US on Thursday as well, looking to next week. Uh, FOMC minutes. We've got uh, some GDP numbers coming out. We've also got core PCE next week as well. So a huge reading in terms of inflation there, given it's the Fed's preferred uh, reading on inflation as well. So a big couple of weeks still to, to sort of come through. And I think this week as well, we've still got Fed speakers uh, coming through as well, which you know does have the ability to maybe shift that narrative that we spoke about at the start in terms of those rate cuts. Let's see how they go. Hopefully we have that sort of dovish tone rather than Mr. Powell's uh, hawkish tone, which he took. But as we said, Ben, a couple of times, as we'd expected. Um, but that is it for now. We'll wrap it there. A big week, as we say, this week and continuing into next week. Uh, ben, as always, thanks very much for joining. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Trade safe. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next time. Don't forget to head over to the eToro Academy. You'll find your guides, videos, much, much more. And uh, give us a like and uh, see you next week. Thanks, guys. Take care. You have been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, use eToro.com.